City Talk UK with Michelle Livesey. A homeless man who stole from victims of the Manchester Arena attack as they were lying injured on the floor has been jailed for four years. Chris Parker was originally hailed a hero in the aftermath of the bombing after claiming that he'd helped people. But today the prosecution proved that couldn't have been further from the truth. Our reporter Amy Skaysbrick has been at Manchester Crown Court for us. Amy, take us back and talk us through what happened that night. It happened just minutes after the bomb went off in the arena. We were shown in court graphic CCTV of Chris Parker calmly walking into the foyer as hundreds at the concert ran away to escape. Whilst emergency services were treating people, Parker was searching for items to steal. The footage shows him kneeling down next to Pauline Healy, who was seriously injured. He rummaged through her bag and stole her purse as her granddaughter Sorrel lay dying next to her. He also picked up a phone belonging to an injured teenager off the floor. And were those victims in court today? No, they weren't, but statements about how this has affected them were read out in court. Pauline said she was relieved when he came up to her as she thought he'd come to help, when in fact he stole her bank card and used it at a McDonald's. We also heard how the teenager who had her phone stolen couldn't contact her worried parents. Parker actually rejected phone calls from the 14-year-old girl's mum and tried to send a text from her phone saying, sorry, I can't talk right now. Her mum says, I thought I'd seen the worst thing a person could do do. This was yet another blow of how despicable people can be. And the judge obviously took his time to take all of this in. He jailed him for four years. What did he actually say when he was sentencing him? Judge Hernandez accepted Parker had shown compassion briefly by comforting some of those who were injured, but he ruled the homeless man had deliberately targeted victims on the basis of their vulnerability. He told Parker the true spirit of Manchester was displayed by ordinary citizens and emergency services. You represented yourself as a hero. Sadly, you were pretending to be a hero. You were just a common thief. Parker's also been banned from Manchester City Centre for 10 years. City Talk UK. Health leaders have been meeting in Liverpool today to discuss whether clamping down on cheap alcohol could reduce Britain's binge drinking problem. It comes after Scotland introduced a minimum pricing scheme to try and tackle the issue. Figures for Liverpool alone show that over 12,500 people were admitted to hospital after drinking too much in 2015. 76,000 people are classed as binge drinkers. Our reporter Adam Phillips caught up with a man leading today's conference. Well, I'm here with Councillor Paul Brandt, who's the Cabinet Member for Adult Health, to speak about this conference. Paul, these figures are, quite frankly, shocking, aren't they? Does Liverpool have a drinking problem, do you think? Uh, I think it's probably fair to say the whole of the UK has a drinking problem, but Liverpool certainly is among the highest in terms of the hospital admissions that you've mentioned. Um, those are not just like liver-related diseases, those are also accidents that are consequent to too much alcohol consumption and all of the injuries that are associated with that. And yeah, there is a huge issue for us as a society, I think. Are lives at risk then, do you think, in the city because of the vast amount of people who are binge drinking. There's no doubt that you can see an increase in liver disease and other alcohol-related problems which are filling up our hospitals and we have a problem as a society dealing with that kind of pressure that gets put on our health service, yes. What will this conference aim to do? Well, it, I presume it's looking at ways to, to really tackle the problem. We are going to be lobbying hard to try and introduce a minimum unit price 
Scotland has led the way on this, but we don't have the powers here in England to introduce a minimum unit price. And there is a lot of pressure from the drinks industry against this, but we realise that the profits for them end up being costs for the health service and society as a whole. Cutting congestion and cleaning up the environment, two topics that come hand in hand. But this latest plan of action in Manchester is going to come at a cost to businesses. The idea is that companies in the city centre would be charged for every parking space they have if they've got more than a certain number. The scheme's already up and running in Nottingham and seems to be working. Our reporter Abby Smitten's been looking into it. Now here's a familiar sound for rush hour commuters in Manchester. Congestion has been a major issue for years, but now the authorities are trying to crack down on it with a city centre parking fee. The workplace parking levy would force businesses with more than a certain number of parking spots to fork out. The idea of this parking levy is to reduce the number of cars heading into the city centre. It's being welcomed by Pete Abel from Manchester Friends of the Earth. Greater Manchester is failing to meet its air quality targets, its legal obligation. It really damages the health of young children and that's damage to their lungs and their health that they carry for their entire life. So this is a really, really important issue. The scheme has already been in place in Nottingham for years. According to statistics, they've raised more than £9 million from the charge and that's all gone into sustainable transport solutions but there were fears it could drive some bosses out of business i'm with robert downs from the federation of small businesses manchester and indeed beyond uh, the city center will be quite nervous about this not least because uh, a they'll see it as a, a business stealth tax um, and also i think a lot of them will see this as a possible return to congestion charging by another name well the city council is due to meet to discuss the plans further city talk uk with Michelle Livesey. Today we've been looking at life after the armed forces and one charity we've been speaking to has painted a pretty dark picture. Safa says nearly half of young people who've served in the army, the air force or the navy are experiencing feelings of loneliness and there's been a huge demand on their services. Our reporter Becky Carhill has more. In the armed forces it's a close-knit community. You live with your mates, you work with them and you've got financial stability but for for many who decide to leave, the transition back to civilian life can be overwhelming. Safa told us more than 40% of those under the age of 45 feel isolated and have even experienced suicidal thoughts. A person's left to kind of fend for themselves and we've been kept in this bubble for so long that anything outside of that bubble really doesn't get talked about. I withdrew from social circles, family. People wouldn't see me from for weeks and months on end. Stephen Finlayson's ex-RAF. His story mirrors what Safa tell us a lot of veterans are going through as they adjust to a life outside of the armed forces. Christine Cribbs from Safa. This campaign is particularly focused on um, increasing our number of caseworkers. The more we have of the right people in the right places, the quicker that we can address people's needs and issues and problems when they approach us. Now the charity's launched an appeal to get more volunteers on board to help support people like Stephen. Thousands of people turned out today for a special service for West Brom and England legend Cyril Regis. Family members, ex-footballers, celebrities and fans filled the east stand of the Hawthorns following the 59-year-old's funeral this morning. Our reporter, Laura Chiverton, was there. The theme here was one of celebration. We heard at the service Cyril had made it very clear that's what he wanted today to be about. There were prayers, poems and musical tributes, including one from Wolverhampton singer Beverly Knight. After the service, she told me Cyril was an icon. You think 
think of Usain Bolt, the personality is bigger than the, the, the sport. You know, you think of Ali and Cyril for me was the same, but the thing that signified or, or, or marked him out was his grace. The gracious way in which he would take on hostility and just deflect it by being fantastic. I also caught up with Ron Atkinson, who was Cyril's manager for three years during the 70s. He said today marks the start of Cyril's legacy. Straight away, I think people realise, I think by the, the groundswell, if you've seen over the last fortnight, realise how much he's been appreciated and... Um you know, what it, what it means to people. A celebration there of the life of Cyril Regis. Nice one, Cyril. City Talk UK. Big news for Strictly fans tonight. Brendan Coles confirmed he won't be on the show anymore. He says it's not out of choice. The BBC hasn't renewed his contract. Well, I've got Lucy Ford from our entertainment team in London on the line now to find out a bit more about this. Lucy, is this shocking? Are you shocked? I think it is a bit of a shock, actually, because aside from Anton Dubeck, Brendan is the only of the original Strictly dancers to still be on the show. And as far as I was aware, he was, you know, still a fairly big hit with viewers. I think people quite liked that he sometimes had a go at the judges. You know, he was a bit of a nasty one. That was kind of his his shtick. So I think it is a shock, actually. I know he himself has sort of said he's, he's quite shocked and, and upset uh, by the decision, isn't he? Yeah, so he said that the BBC told him over the phone and it's like a fairly recent decision, so it must have happened in the last few days. And he says that, you know, the contracts are done year on year and obviously for the last 14 years, every time it's been renewed and they've just said for an editorial reason, they will no longer want him on the show and I I don't think they gave him much more of an explanation than that and they definitely haven't since either. Thanks for that, Lucy. And he's gone from footballer to model, he's had his own aftershave and even has his own brand of boxer shorts. Now, David Beckham's got his own football team. He's been trying for four years but has finally got permission to start a club in Miami. Watch this space. That's your latest. You're bang up to date. City Talk UK.